On this week's show, we will be talking about the Walt Disney World monorail system. So come with us on a podcast journey. Howdy, folks. Ah, there you are. And just in time. Beware of hitchhiking ghosts. Today, I want to share with you some of our ideas for Disney World. Welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcast with your hosts, Dewey, Ron, and Tony. Here, we love to talk about Walt Disney World, the way we remember it, how it's changed, and how and why we still enjoy frequenting the happiest place on earth. You may learn some facts you never knew before, and you may even return to your own memories of the Walt Disney World Resort. And hopefully, we can share these memories together. So come with us on a podcast journey as we reflect on the WDW Reflections Podcast. Please stand clear of the doors. Reflections. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcast, your unofficial guide through Disney World and all things Disney memories and their connections to the parks that we know and love today. I'm Dewey, one of the hosts of the show, and I'm coming to you from my home in Delaware. This is episode number 57 of the WDW Reflections Podcast. We thank y'all very much for being here with us. Before we get into this episode's main topic, we'd like to invite y'all to connect with us through the show's social media accounts. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at WDW Reflections Podcast, and on Twitter, or X, whatever you happen to be calling it these days, at WDW Reflections. And don't forget, for all things WDW Reflections Podcast, head on over to our website at WDWReflectionsPodcast.com. All righty. So now that we got all that stuff out of the way, let's get started with the show. With me today are my podcast travel buddies, Ron and Tony, coming to us from Cleveland, Tennessee, uh, which I just found out happens to make the world's supply of M&Ms, in case you didn't we know. We do. We do. My yes. good buddy, Ron. Ron, I'm ready to receive my free sample of M&Ms. <laughs> I, I will tell you that if you come around any holiday, you can find a surplus of free M&Ms. <laughs> Halloween is M&M City. Good um, to know. Yeah, we, Cleveland is actually also home to Duracell, where your uh, 9-volt batteries, a majority of your 9-volt batteries are made. So we're real heavily in the manufacturing now. But, also, uh, a popular Halloween uh giveaway and nine volt batteries right really no it's no. Not. no no not at all you, you i'm ever sorry get a nine I, volt I wasn't following you there for a minute but anyway you ever get a nine volt battery in your trick-or-treat bag run i haven't me neither oh unfortunately nine volt batteries come in <laughs> handy they're expensive they are expensive all right rod good to have hey, you my friend talking to you. i'm looking forward to today's episode it's gonna be fun it's going to be super fun, as always. It's always super fun. Always. And coming to us from the Big Apple, my good buddy, Tony G. How's it going, Tony? 
Hey, good morning, guys. It's good to see you both again, as usual. I just wanted to throw out really quickly to our audience out there. Thank you all for listening to our show. Thank you for watching our show. We recently finally achieved our first major goal on YouTube with over 100 subscribers. And if you were listening a couple of episodes back, I did mention that we want to do something special after that. So keep your uh, ears peeled or your eyes peeled for a special short on YouTube. And what I'd like you to do, if you can, is make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you'd like to take part in this, I think what we're going to do is have you, if you subscribe, send us an email. And by next month, or we'll give out all the details on, on, a, on a short, but by next month or so, uh, we will pick a name. And one of you can be a happy winner of our first uh, Disney 100 little prize that we've got here. But uh, that's the excitement that's going on these days here on this channel. That is pretty exciting. You know, we we didn't get into this podcast stuff for, you know, to make millions or anything like that. We uh, well, speak to yourself. I was hoping this was going to be my retirement plan. <laughs> OK, Ron is working towards uh, <laughs> a building a portfolio and he's he's put all his eggs into this one basket into the podcast. But uh, for me. Uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't, obviously we, we don't think we're going to conquer the world with a Disney world podcast, but we do want to, uh, just share our love for, for the most magical place on earth. And it just happens to be, uh, fun for us. Cause we talk about it all the time anyway, but the fact that some of y'all are enjoying the show and do come back and do listen. Uh, and also, that... Dewey, speaking of that, also do comment. I'd like to thank uh, one of our fans out there, our friend Matt, who loves to give us his input on some of the shows. And and you folks out there, we'd love to hear more about what you think, about what we talk about, and what your experiences are. But if you have a chance and you belong to our face group, um, group go check out Matt's comments. He's got a lot of great things to say. Oh, absolutely. In the, in the Facebook group, he's always uh on almost every episode uh makes a comment if we're if we ask a question he always answers it and everything and that's what we're looking for we, we want to have that kind of interaction with uh with other fans the whole the whole reason the three of us get together is because we you know we we found a, a common thread in in our love for going to disney world so we want to talk to y'all about it too so uh, like and comment and all that kind of fun stuff. We want to we want to interact with y'all. All right. So today we're going to try to get back to uh, our favorite kind of episode here on the WDW Reflections podcast. Uh, we started doing uh, history and things like that, and things that you and just when you're walking around the parks and you see or you hear, or you just experience, and that's uh, that's really how the show started, and that's what we like to focus on, even though every once in a while we'll throw in something fun like the Triple R Challenge or something like that, but today we're going to get back to one of those old school kind of history episodes, and my good buddy Ron is the the author and the, done all the hard work and research for this episode, so Ron, I'm going to turn the microphone over to you, my friend. It's all yours. <laughs> um, no, awesome. Uh, look forward to today's episode. We are going to be talking about one of the most iconic um, 
things that I think of when you think of Walt Disney World, right? When at least when I think of Walt Disney World, I think of sitting in seventh grade class and seeing the weekly weekly reader. And back then, you didn't have all the you didn't have a lot of media. You had books and TV basically, and TV only had three channels, which meant Walt Disney World on Sunday nights was um, definitely one of the highlights for me and it always had a a picture of this icon and um actually a video of this icon so i'm looking forward to talking about one of the most beloved transportation systems in the world the walt disney world monorail system um the monorail system actually was part of the opening day festivities um the same day the magic kingdom park opened the the monorail was running and welcoming guests back then the monorail had only two two lines today it has three um the walt disney world monorail currently spans 14 miles almost just over 14 miles um with around 50 million disney guests traveling on the monorail each year the system opened with the rest of Walt Disney World on October 1st, 1971. It initially featured four stations, the Transportation and Ticket Center, Disney's Polynesian Resort, the Magic Kingdom, and Disney's Con Contemporary Resort. The Epcot line and station were added during the park's construction opening in 1982. The most recent addition was the Grand, Grand Floridian Station, which was opened in 1988 along with the resort hotel since then no further additions have been made and no expansions unfortunately are planned due to the prohibitive construction cost though here's an interesting tidbit where do you think there's an easement legal easement to expand the monorail to i'm gonna guess the airport okay you gotta guess dude that's a good guess, Tony. Um, I, I long, long ago, there were talks about actually expanding it to the studios and stuff. So it, uh, and I'm and to Disney Springs. So, which at that time would have been probably the Lake Buena Vista shopping village. So that's my guess. Lake Buena Vista shopping village uh, is my guess that that's where it, it was going to go. Dewey, I, I, there is no stumping you. How do you know that? Uh, I don't know. Um, Legal easement for monorail construction through Disney's Saratoga Springs Resort and Spa dating back to 1970 still exists. So uh, my wife will tell you that uh, I I frequently get in trouble with her because I don't remember important things that she tells me. But I wow. can tell and you. And you can remember where, that the monorail that's it. was supposed to go to that's Saratoga just it. Springs. That's just it. I can put you to sleep with historical facts about the Civil War or World War II or hair metal band lyrics from the 80s and Walt Disney World. First, I can remember all of that stuff. So, but I don't remember anything, you know, the important that would make my wife happy. So, um, she'll, she'll be happy to confirm that story. But I don't know, Ron, I don't know why I know that. Um, I heard it or read it sometime. I, we, I finally found a trivia that neither of you would know. <laughs> Sorry to yeah. let you down, buddy. 
there's two distinct routes on the monorail system with three different services. Uh, My Magic Kingdom Express, of course, the express service runs counterclockwise around the outer loop, providing nonstop service between the Magic Kingdom and the transportation and ticket center. And then, of course, you have the Magic Kingdom Resort. The resort line runs clockwise around the inner loop and also services the resorts around the Seven Seas Lagoon, which stops at Disney's Contemporary Resort, Disney's Polynesian Village Resort, and Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa. And then the third is Epcot. The Epcot line runs from the Transportation and Ticket Center to Epcot with trains operating along a single beam on a clockwise loop. A spur track at Magic Kingdom Station connects the Express and the Resort lines to the maintenance shop. Another spur connects the Epcot and Express lines and is located northeast of the Transportation Ticket Center. Here's a, here's a question. What are the beams made of? Do you know that, Dewey? Oh, you may have stumped me. Um, obviously, it's uh, concrete on the outside. Um, I, I would just guess steel on the inside, but I don't know. Yeah, so I was. I thought they were just. Of course, I don't. I'm not a construction guy, but I was just assuming it was rebar and in uh, concrete. But it's. Um, made with a special polystyrene core to lighten their weight, came by train from the state of Washington. Now that I did know, uh, there's very famous photographs that you can see. Uh, the the beams were, I, don't, I can't remember the length, but they're like 100 feet long and didn't fit on regular trailers. So it took a, quite a bit, and, and stop me if I'm stealing your thunder about what you're going to no, talk you're about. No, you're not. I okay. didn't but uh, it it they had to project special routes to get them from across the country because any any turn any significant kind of turn required a lot of uh, forethought and planning. So it's it it was a pretty significant feat to get it from all the way up from the northwest to southeast and into into Florida. And there's some. Uh, they had to deconstruct a few things that they'd already built. And when they were bringing the, the very last stretch, they got them all the way down from Northwest uh, uh, Washington into central Florida. And they were on Disney property and some, some, I can't remember what it was, but something they had built was in the way. And the, like oh the last, gosh. one of the last turns literally. And there's a pretty famous picture of the, the big diesel rig trying to pull this with a beam into this turn and they had to to take something apart or whatever to to get it in there but uh yeah it was super cool those things if if you go and google that and look at the 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 beams on those trailers i mean they're like 100 feet long i don't even i bet you they couldn't do it today with today's traffic uh you know the rules of the road regulations and all that stuff i bet they couldn't transport them today because it was it looked pretty sketchy <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm still very sad that it's not going to be expanded, to be honest with you. I I love the monorail, and um, it's always been an iconic. Um, just It's just so screams Disney to me, right? And um, so that's interesting information. I'm, I'm probably going to go Google that. Now, I ought to add, it, it does scream Disney to you no matter where you're at. 
because if yeah. you see a monorail in whatever city, like I remember when they put some near JFK, every time I would drive, I'd suddenly get this image of, of a monorail and thinking about Walt Disney World at that moment. Yeah, absolutely. I, there's never a time, even at the um, Orlando airport, they've got a monorail-ish um, train that you get on to transport between the terminals. And um, even then, I'm thinking, wow, they even brought Disney to the airport. Yeah. I've been to uh, I don't, uh, Vegas a couple of times and they have, uh, I guess, an elevated rail system or whatever you would call it. I don't think they call it the monorail, but uh, it, it invokes, you know, thoughts or memories of the monorail at Disney World whenever uh, the couple of times I've been to Vegas. So uh, it, you're right. I don't think Disney invented the monorail, but it's certainly a something that if you see it, you connect it to Disney for sure. Some of the reading that I did indicated that the monorail was a Walt Disney thought and that he was looking at it as a transportation system that the world would adopt. Now, if it was his true ideal or not, I don't know, but it, the art, the, some of the research I did indicated that. So I believe he's kind of unofficially credited for bringing the monorail to North America. But the interesting thing is, is that the, the that it is something that has definitely become an icon to Walt Disney World. And as you're driving in, you can see the monorails zooming by and and zooming is probably overstated. I think seeing that their top speed is 40 miles an hour and their average speed is 30 miles. The trains in use since 1989 are Mark 6 trains built by Bombardier Transportation. Each train is 203 feet and six inches long, consisting of six cars and can carry, how many passengers you guys think that, that the monorail can carry at one time? Uh, I believe it's 999 happy haunts, right? Is, is that is that the answer? <laughs> well, that and 360 passengers. I honestly thought it would carry more passengers. Yeah. But oh, um, I believe 360 passengers is what is designed to carry. But in reality, car. when they close <laughs> the park at night, it carries 1,243,000 passengers. There's probably some truth to that. There's a big difference between what it was designed to carry and what they actually squeeze into them bad boys at park clothing. You're making me think of that. What do you, what do you guys, if you see a, a, a monorail that's pretty full, do you try to squeeze in there or do you wait for the next one? It depends, depends on how... Oh, bro, I was, I was saying the exact same thing. Uh, it depends on how... Now, listen, thankfully, my kids are not in strollers anymore, but... I, do you remember the days trying to push a, a, a oh. stroller onto those things at the end of the day? Oh my gosh, that was a nightmare. It was so bad. <laughs> and oh, and uh, that we the first year we went, we took this Mongomis, this this basically second vehicle into the <laughs> the um, parks with us, and quickly realized that was a poor decision, and bought an umbrella stroller the next time we went and those things those wrap up and you can run pretty quick with those without 
having to feel like you have to take 15 minutes to collapse it down. But um, kind of off topic, but not really, because getting a stroller in the monorail is definitely a work of art, especially at closing. Um, so the trains are driven by 813 horsepower motors, which are powered by a 600 volt electrical system running through a bus bar mounted on each of the side of the concrete beams. Each train also has seven inverters on board that convert the 600 volt DC to 230 volt AC for use by the air conditioners and air compressor and additionally has a battery pack, battery backed 37 volt DC low voltage supply that provides power to the train's electronics. The trains are also equipped with a towing knuckle at each end to allow it to be pushed or pulled by a special diesel-powered tractor if need be. That was a that was surprising to me. I didn't realize because I often wondered, man, I wonder what happens if the electric goes out and and you're for a number of hours, um, which we'll get to emergency evacuation, which is a very surprising route um that is interesting to me um the maximum speed during normal operations is 40 miles per hour with se several speed zones throughout the system with limits ranging from 15 to 40 miles an hour these speed limits are strictly enforced by the train's computer and cannot be overridden without the operator engaging a special lockout attempting to drive the train too quickly in a given speed zone will result in an overspeed stop. Train spacing is maintained by a moving block light system, also known as MAPPO. And this originally came from Mary Poppins. Um, it's named after Mary Poppins, I should say, and it has a U.S. patent, which establishes the number of hold points throughout the system. At any given time, there must be at least two hold points between a given train and the train ahead of it. When the train detects that there are fewer than two hold points between itself and the preceding train, the emergency brakes are immediately applied and cannot be released until sufficient spacing becomes available. So if you ever wonder why you're sitting on the, on the monorail and it's not moving, it's because the train in front of you is not moving and it's, and it's basically a very controlled atmosphere of when the train can move and when the train cannot move. Failure to maintain adequate spacing is known as an overrun and treated as extremely serious offense. In June of 2014, the monorail began operating on a different timetable in order to accommodate work to automate the system. Disney started the system, stated the system would provide a more efficient service and enhanced safety as well as more frequent dispatch of trains, faster switching times, and monorail arrival information. Pilots are still seated at the front cab, but only supervise the monorail in case of an emergency. Platform attendants operate a control panel to dispatch and operate the monorail system. Did you guys know that? I didn't realize that the monorail in 2014 became much more automated, and now the drivers are just sitting there making sure to to push an emergency brake or whatever in case something um, fails. I found that really interesting and and kind of sad. I'll be honest. I, it makes me sad that somebody's not in the front of the train 
I think they're trying to do that everywhere. There was a, a time they were testing out a subway system here in New York City with um, where that would run between Brooklyn and Manhattan, all, completely automated without a um, a conductor on board. And so I think it's probably a thing that they're trying to do to, to cut down on on excess as well as try to make it more energy efficient, perhaps. But it yeah. is kind of sad to hear that that it's not quite the same in that way. Because I, I was remembering how excited my family was when they I did I wasn't with them the the time it happened but they actually got to be invited to go into the cockpit of the um, of the monorail and and see it see the ride from that point of view and and my father in law couldn't stop talking about it I remember at the time he was so excited about that yeah we um which brings us it's a great um, segue to what we're gonna talk about here just shortly each train's identified by a color stripe and given a name according to that color so the complete list or the the colors that are still in service today are black blue coral gold green lime and orange um peach red silver teal and yellow and Unfortunately, pink and purple are no longer in service. Anybody want to guess why? Were those the ones that crashed? Those are the ones that crashed. Yeesh. And when did that happen? I don't remember. It was a few years ago. Right? 2009. Hmm. Yeah, it's been quite a 15 years. Longer than what I thought. Yeah. I did not realize that. And and to your point, Tony, that instance, in, incident has taken away the ability to request to ride in the front car or the front mm. of the car. One of my favorite pictures with my daughter Brooke is in the front of the car of the monorail. And you could ask to ride and it was very special and they didn't, you, anybody could do it. You just had to ask right. and like wait. Um, but it was definitely worth the wait. That was probably one of the most memorable things that I've done at Disney Growing up, as I said, the monorail was something that was iconic to me. It, it screamed. And I, and as I'm sitting in the seventh grade, looking at weekly reader and seeing the monorail go through the contemporary with pictures and on um, the Sunday night of Walt Disney World and seeing it go through the contemporary and watching it, something that I never thought I would ever be able to do and because it, it the contemporary and riding in the front just felt very on attainable to me i still haven't stayed in the contemporary that's on my bucket list um where did you ride it from did you ride it from the contemporary into the magic kingdom so yeah we rode it from the ticket center ticket center through contemporary into the into the entrance of the magic kingdom so we got to see it was just so cool and to see it with my daughter was just you know my oh, sure. both, you know it was with our whole family so i don't want to leave them out there it was just so enjoyable to ride it with all my with the family was it daytime or nighttime it was daytime dusk so yeah very special i'm really sad that you can't do that any longer because it's a very special view and a very special um opportunity i i would hope especially with the trains being so automated now that that opportunity may come back 
Do you know, it, did they always have that painting system the, of the, the coded, the color coded system on them? Or was that something that was incorporated just to make it appear different every time there was a different monorail? No, it's actually something that's always been, and it's always been a way to determine. And then some of them have deltas. Um, so so re most recently, this color scheme has included a delta on the door, meaning like a crosshatch. And it just um, is an added dimension to it. Mm -hmm. But they've always had the color. Um, and then when they had lime and green, those had deltas to help differentiate um, which one was the green, which one was the lime. I think the last time I was there, they had the the um, advertisements. What I remember was like Tron or something. Wrapped for the um, monorails happened in 2010. And they debuted with the Tron livery. The, the Coral car was with the Tron on the Epcot line as part of the marketing plan for the Tron legacy. Since the Tron paint scheme in 2010, there have been several other monorail wraps. On March 31st of 2012, they did the Mo the Avengers, and that ran on the Magic Kingdom line and sometimes on the resort line as Epcot lines loops through the park itself. Since Disney is not able to feature specific Marvel characters inside Florida parks due to the Marvel Entertainment License Agreement with Universal. Um, in March 2013, Monorail Black was given a similar conversion to promote the release of Iron Man 3. And then on a monorail teal was converted into a special scheme commemorating the release of Monsters University in November of 2015. And then black was decorated in Star Wars, commemorating the Star Wars episode seven, The Force Awakens in February of 2016. Orange was de decorated in Zootopia designs and in 2018 orange was decorated in incredible designs to promote Incredibles 2. A year later monorail yellow was decorated with um, Toy Story characters to promote Toy Story 4. So lots of different wraps started in 2013. It looks like the last one was um, in 2021. And the, I'm sorry, gold was wrapped for the Disney World 50th anniversary. So it sounds like we're going to see more and more wraps as time goes. In my opinion, one of the most famous statements that comes from Walt Disney World is what? What would you guys guess? Or what do you what do you think I'm referring to? I guess it's a better question. I know this one. Do what you do, too. I'll let you take it, Tony. Why don't you say the first part? I'll say the second. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't make me say the second part because I can't speak any other language <laughs> but English. So uh, it would be, please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténgase alejado de las puertas. Something like that. Exactly. You guys see, I, I was not going to say it because there is no way I can stay that second half. Please stand clear of the door. Por favor, mantenga usted alejado de las puertas.
you guys know i'm sure uh, this isn't never mind i'm not even gonna ask because i know you know jack wagner is who is known as the voice of disneyland during the system's early year the trains feature wagner's narration of the sights and scenery along the way as well as information on special events although the, his narration has since been replaced wagner can still be heard today as please stand clear of the doors phrase remains with his voice Partly what do they say now get off <laughs> <laughs> no he, he he that's the yeah his his recording is still there please stand clear of the doors um partially because it's installed on a separate system the rest of these statements and so um, in 1989, following the construction of the Grand Floridian, um, Kevin Miles replaced Jack Wagner as the voiceover. Miles worked in Epcot as part of the Voices of Liberty in the American Adventure Pavilion at World Showcase. Sometime before 1998, Disney employee Matt Hansen replaced Kevin Miles. And in 2004, Hansen was replaced by Joe Hirsch. Hansen is still employed with Walt Disney and on... I April 13th of 2012, around 5 o'clock, Disney activated a newer version of the spiel on the monorails that features Tom Kane as its narrator. Hmm. So there's been, um, I meant to count this, uh, one, four, four narrators. And Jack Wagner is still please staying clear of the doors yeah that's so iconic i i i can't believe if they ever change that i'll be mad and i think that there a lot of people would be mad i'm sure that that is a big part of why that has remained no matter how many times they change the the overall spiel that uh that safety spiel i can't believe they would ever change that yeah that yeah that, I, that a lot of people, yeah, I agree. It just become has become so iconic in and of itself. Everyone knows that um, Disney is very much about keeping things maintained, and the monorails no different. They have a specific location that the monorails are serviced, and they get serviced frequently. Uh, and then each of the trains, the the maintenance the monorail shop roundhouse is by name it can hold space up to 10 of the trains on its upper level while the bottom level houses four steam locomotives and passenger cars of the railroad so i found that very interesting that the the maintenance for shop for the monorails and for the locomotives are in the same building and that the monorails are on top and the locomotives are on the bottom. And then they have a very special um, track within the maintenance shop that allows them to remove the track so that the tires on the cars can be changed. So no one gets to go in that, but I think that would be a very um, unique behind the scenes tour if they ever offered something like that. Does, do you know if um, others have ever been able to do that, Dewey? So I don't know that they let people in the building, but you can drive back there 
if you drive around that access road that uh, that passes around it's kind of between the contemporary and magic kingdom you yeah. if you just keep going straight if you go back there you can it's considered backstage but you can just drive around there and you can actually follow the the monorail track and you can see it run right into the building so you can at least see the building and know where where it you know where the monorail sleeps at night uh yeah. but uh to my knowledge I, I don't know that it's a place that anybody can tour or they let anybody in you would have to you would have to have some kind of clearance or something i'm sure for safety reasons so any on any given night two of the five monorail trains are parked at various stations on the system on nights where the temperature drops below freezing two trains will be parked inside the contemporary resort but in practice trains can be left in any station even on the express side of the resort station um if you google you can see um where they're towing one of the monorails with the diesel powered tractors and it's very interesting to me because just because it was always a um, one of those behind the scenes things that you think about but don't really maybe know exactly how they would take care of it um <clears throat> and then the other thing that was very interesting to me is the emergency evacuation of the monorail if a train is stopped at a station platform or a work platform along the epcot beam guests can exit the train onto the platform exiting a train is possible even when the doors of the train cars are closed a large rectangular window in the middle of each car is an emergency exit and can be removed from the interior of the car a cast member outside the car can also manually open the rightmost door panel of the car by releasing the air pressure holding the panel closed the air pressure release is a handle beneath the rectangular center window that is similar in appearance to a car door handle if a train is stopped on an open beam then guests evacuate here's 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 the part that i can never see happening but listen to this if the train is stopped on an open beam then guests can evacuate through an emergency exit located in the roof of the train. Guests open the roof hatches by first removing the decorative plastic from the ceiling above the bulkhead, footstool, footstool, and then by lifting open the hinge hatch that will flap across the bulkhead, dividing the train's two cars. Guests evacuate to the roof by climbing through the open hatch onto the loop top of the train the bulkheads separating cars are designed as firewalls that will contain contain a fire within a car to just that car the open hatch allows guests in the affected car to transit for to an adjacent car where they can safely wait for evacuation by the fire response crews if the emergency affects the entire train then guests are evacuated to the surface of the beam guests can Again, open the emergency roof hatches, but do not simply move to the adjacent car. Instead, they use the small handrail present along the top of each train car to move all the way to the front of the train. The train's pilot can attach a knotted rope to both the top and base of the windscreen 
and Gus used the rope to shimmy down the windscreen to the surface of the beam. They finally start walking along the beam away from the train. That sounds like a new new horror movie. Escape from the monorail. Yeah, that should be that should be a new attraction. They should just yeah, put, right. put one of those over in Tomorrowland and and just let kids, you know, it'd be a new, like a new playground. Kids can yeah. just, uh, you know, evacuate the monorail. They've got to bring I, I, though a character they, dressed they, up though. They've got to it's got to be like a, one of those superheroes, like Spider Man or something. Hold on, everybody, I got gotcha. you. Come on. <laughs> interesting. It was that was you know that was interesting to me. Um, Reedy Creek, of course, it stands ready to help with any evacuation. And um, honestly, I think the diesel um, tractor would be brought out and pushed to one of the stations prior to them evacuating out the top of the monorail. Well, you just made me think of two questions. Did I can't remember these were these train these monorails are not air conditioned, right? No, they are. are. They are okay. I, I can't remember. It's been that long, uh, but um, sometimes I, they don't feel air conditioned. But right, they they, it doesn't feel like because it's so stuffy. <laughs> uh, but I, I also was remembering that the the um, the new gondola system had an issue like that when it first opened, and they had to have the oh, wow. fire department come and and have people evacuate yeah. with a big ladder system, if I remember correctly, back in 2020. Yeah, I would not have enjoyed that either. Yeah. Uh-oh. And Tony, I think you're thinking of the the Skyliner. The Skyliner, that, right? That doesn't have air conditioning. Those things are yes. not air conditioned, right? So I really enjoyed writing this and doing the research because the monorail has always been a very special, iconic ride to me that I really only get to do at, at Disney. So I hope you guys enjoyed some of that. There's definitely um some pictures that if you want to see some of the new the old controls versus the new controls um and and things of that nature um it's worth going out there and taking a look but um yeah i hope you guys enjoyed that so have you you guys ever gone to the ttc and just jumped on the ebcot loop and just rode it just for fun just go all all the way around and then when it gets to the station stay on it and go back to magic kingdom and uh you know long, I, long i've done ago. that yeah i've done that a bunch of times that's that's just fun just to just to just to do that because the monorail's fun we did it when we didn't even have tickets we just got went and rode the monorail yeah didn't you so when Walt Disney World opened, it the monorail was considered an attraction. It wasn't necessarily just transportation. I think you had to use a ticket or you had to buy a ticket to ride it. If I'm not, you know, well, now that you said that, and this one isn't. This also was not in the research I did, but it seems like I remember you had to buy a, a ticket just to get there. I don't think it was in the coupon book because we remember you had to buy tickets that had different types of tickets and each person had to buy a book but i don't i think the monorail was a, an additional charge to that i don't know that for sure but 
Yeah, I don't believe it wasn't a part of the ticket system, like an e-ticket or an A-ticket or right. anything like that. I think you just had to pay just to use the monorail, if I'm not mistaken. This was before my first trip. By the time I went in 85, it was no longer, that wasn't a thing. You just rode it. It was considered transportation. But um, it was it was a pay-to-play kind of thing for the monorail when the park opened in the beginning. Well, talking about that, Dewey, I, I'm remembering last year when I was at Disneyland, we did ride the monorail there, and it was that one was opened in 1959. And the interesting thing about that one is that it really doesn't go... It, it's almost not even really as necessary as the one at Walt Disney World. I think the one at Walt Disney World is necessary because of the vast scope of the park in order to get from one park to another, in order to get from one of the hotels to the other. The one at Disneyland is sort of just positioned sort of in the par parking lot and it kind of just takes you right into future um world uh or the uh, the the it leaves you somewhere near the matterhorn and somewhere near tomorrowland uh where you get off there and that's the same stop that that gets you on it's maybe a 10 or 15 minute ride if that if or less it saves you all the walking but it's not as dramatic or as exciting as the ride through all of um of the Magic Kingdom and um, and Epcot. Now, I, I'm I'm going off of just things that I think I've heard or read. I've never been to Disneyland yet, uh -huh. still. Yeah. But I believe when Disneyland opened, it was the monorail were, was just a novelty. It was an attraction. It was so you could ride it. More but, probably more of the kinetic thing there. Yes, exactly. But didn't they uh, extend the line or uh, add a line or something so it actually takes guests to the to the Disneyland Hotel, so it it became a part of the transportation system at that point. It doesn't really leave you. It doesn't really leave you at the hotel. It sort of leaves leads you at the pathway that leads to their hotels. So I don't know if it did at one point go all the way to the Disneyland Hotel, but it's it sort of leaves you off um, uh, at a, in an area where it's sort of like a, a downtown Disney in, in er, er, ish area where you can get off there and then walk to your hotel there's still a lot of walking in disneyland so i it, it, the one good thing about it is that it does cut off that walking if you're just going to go straight into um into tomorrowland but i mean in in that sense it's kind of fun because you you get there and literally you're in the park whereas in uh, the other uh, locations you're sort you sort of still have to go through the main gates and all that all right, that's pretty cool. Listen, there's not much more of an iconic, you know, Disney World thing than the monorail system. I, I, I think that pretty much anybody that's ever been to Walt Disney World, if you see a monorail somewhere else, it just you instantly make that connection. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that Walt Disney invented the monorail, but they certainly have made it a part of their uh, their lore, you know, and and their identity, really. When you see a monorail, you think Walt Disney World or, or maybe Disneyland. But I think you certainly identify it with with overall with Disney. No uh, doubt and I hardly that. agree with you because I'm remembering that when I, there was a time where I was kind of thought it was too, I was getting claustrophobia a lot and I didn't want to ride the monorail because of the thought of being in there or being stuck in there. And so I, but I will say that even then, I just loved watching them, watching them come in because they're such a futuristic looking vessel that it gives you something to aspire to. It sort of gives you that feeling of nostalgia towards the future. 
Absolutely. Hey, I did forget this. What what movie have the Walt Disney World monorails appeared in? Movie. Yeah. Oh, you may have stumped me again. Hmm. That's a very good question. I'm I, I can't think of a movie with Walt Disney World in it. You'll have to tell us. I don't think we know. Yeah, no, yeah. I was um it's Tron. Really? They Tron were, Tron yeah, 2, you mean? No, Tron. To the original Tron? To show the the um futuristic look uh and it so it had that and track from the people movie. Wow. So I didn't know that it was it wasn't like portrayed as a Disney monorail. But it was used to as backdrop to help induce the um, futuristic look. Hey, that's pretty cool. So, uh, a, a little bit of a, a admission time. I've never actually seen Tron, so uh, I guess uh, I, I would not have been able to answer that question because I've never seen the film. I have seen the film many times. I'm just trying to remember where in the film it would be. All righty. So, Ron, that was awesome. The getting back to our to our uh, our history kind of episodes. That was good stuff. I definitely enjoy talking about the history of attractions, or in this case, transportation systems. A while back, we did an episode on the ferry boat. So. Now we've done both the ferry boat and the monorail system. Of course, the monorail system does go to Epcot, but I think primarily when you think monorail, you think of the 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 loop around the uh, around the 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 what is it? What do they call it? The resort loop. The resort loop. Yeah, the resort. What they call it. Yeah, I think that's pretty iconic there. All right, so. Uh, Let's move on over to uh, what's happening around Walt Disney World. And this one is, I don't know if you would call this new. I mean, it's news because, you know, I found it on a Walt Disney World news site. So that means it's news, right? So, uh, because everything just, on the internet is true. Oh, yeah, it's definitely true. It's definitely true. Uh, Abe Lincoln once said, uh, don't trust everything you find on, on the, the internet. internet. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I don't know. He 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 did not believe the internet was completely truthful. I believe I heard that speech when I saw the great moments with Lincoln. I think that's part of it there. <laughs> yeah, that's probably probably where he said that. So, uh, one of his lesser known speeches wasn't from the Gettysburg Address. He didn't even touch on the internet during the Gettysburg Address. So, uh, I found it newsworthy because I'm a sucker for retro stuff. So just a few days ago on February 24th, Disney released a new line of retro merchandise featuring Cosmic Rewind over at Epcot Center, the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. And the, the logos and the merchandise also features the likeness of Spaceship Earth, featuring the late 70s and early 80s color schemes, red and orange and yellow, all of those colors that I know you love, Tony. The... Uh, <laughs> They have the, the old school look. It's you know that the the red and orange uh, stripes, and then it's got 
a uh, the spaceship earth with the cosmic rewind ship i can't remember the name of that ship it's from the movies but it's got the ship like circling around spaceship earth uh, but there's actually a lot of really cool stuff they've got the coffee mug uh, you scroll scroll through the list on, on, unfortunately, I already looked. You can't find it on what used to be Shop Disney. Now it's Disney uh, Disney Store again. I went and looked to see if I could go grab some of this merchandise. Apparently, you can only get it in the park. But they've got that old school coffee mug. It's a 13-ounce coffee mug. Uh, they've got a pretty cool-looking uh, baseball hat that's got the I wish I could remember the name of that ship. I can't remember the name of the ship, but uh, it's got the, the ship flying over the uh, over spaceship Earth. It's got uh, let's see, and again, it's those those same color schemes the red, the orange, got a little bit of purple. Uh, the underside or the bill of the hat has really bright, vibrant stripes of those colors. And so one thing that kind of confused me, it's the on the front on the, of the hat where the logo would be like if it was a sports team or something, that's where the ship is with Spaceship Earth. But on the back where the where the snapback is, there's an old school World Showcase logo, which kind of struck me as strange because Cosmic Rewind's not in World Showcase. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know what that's all about. Uh, but it's, you know, it's pretty cool. It's, it's you know, still those old school colors. Oh, wait, I stand corrected. It says, oh, uh, here we go. I just, it's, it's a, it's a clever pun, I guess you could say. It says other world showcase because uh, obviously Xandar is not on earth. Xandar, you're, you're experiencing another planet. So, um, so that's clever. I just saw, I found a picture that's a, a close up of that patch and it says other world showcase so you got me disney it doesn't say world showcase it's <laughs> other world showcase they got me but there's also um uh the uh fanny pack uh, ron i know you're big on the fanny packs you have a collection of them you seem like a fanny pack kind of guy yeah you would love you would love the uh guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind retro fanny pack only thir only 34.99 but uh, it's uh, again has that same iconic stripes logo across the front, and it's got the silhouettes of the Guardians of the Galaxy standing in front of Spaceship Earth. Pretty cool. Uh, and uh, there's there's uh, it looks like there's T-shirts, there's uh, magnets, and it looks like even like some notepads or something there. But really cool. I just dig, you know, anything it it. What it is, is they've taken that old retro Epcot and it, here I'll show you what I'm talking about. One of my um, most fun items that I have, and if you're listening to this on the podcast, I apologize, you cannot see. But if you're watching, you'll see I'm holding up my original Epcot hmm. Center ashtray. So in the center of the ashtray in a, a let, never touched by a cigarette. This is, you know, this is a brand new, new old stock, I guess. But these stripes is this is what I'm talking about. These oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the the vintage or the these were really big at Epcot and anything they sold Epcot back in the early 80s. So the the purple and the red and the orange. 
So the this new merchandise is exactly, it has these stripes, the purple, the red, the orange, and the yellow. It has those stripes. And then it's got like an old school Spaceship Earth logo with the with the Guardians of the Galaxy ship like circling around it and everything. And it says Other World Showcase, even on the coffee mug. I'm seeing that now. So uh, it's actually pretty clever. I love that they brought back this old school retro stuff. And, you know, it's the it's the exact same color scheme and everything that was on this Epcot stuff back in the 80s. They've just uh, just inserted some Guardians of the Galaxy stuff to it. So that's actually pretty darn cool for a for an old school Epcot nerd like me. But I love it. Have you have you guys seen that or are you maybe Googling it right now as we're talking? Yeah, I was trying to find it. If you can provide a link, we can <laughs> let everybody know where to go. Oh, okay. To. So I actually got this on uh, WDW News Today. So if you go to WDWNT.com, that's where I found this, uh, this uh, I, you know, news story or whatever, I guess. It's, it's, uh, it was updated on February 24th. So uh, let's see. This Today's the 25th. We're recording on the 25th. So just just a few days yeah just yesterday actually so yeah i see the mug you're talking about so you see how it's still yeah. it's got that the same exact color scheme and everything but it's got the the guardians of the galaxy yep scroll down and look at that uh that fanny pack man that thing is that thing is it's if i huge. could think of a listen if there's a word that could describe that fanny pack it would be vibrant that thing <laughs> Uh, looks like it might glow in the dark. Even it's it suckers bright, but uh, if it, it's pretty cool looking stuff, I dig the retro stuff. So not really news. It's not like we're talking about a a new ride or something coming to Disney World. But I thought that was super cool, just because I love retro Epcot Center. Good stuff. So uh, my birthday's in May, fellas, if you're looking to get me something. Uh, not the fanny pack, though. I don't really wear fanny packs. Aren't they called cross-shoulder packs now? Uh, not if you wear it around your fanny. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I guess. I'm just saying they're trying to get, they're trying to bring them back by saying they're across the chest pack or whatever. Well, called. for this advertisement, for or what at least what Disney is calling this, this is a Guardian's belt bag. So uh, neither one of us are right. Neither <laughs> one of us are right, uh, Ron. It's not a cross. Would you say cross shoulder? Would you call cross it? Cross chest pack or something. Oh, like that. oh yeah. Cross body. My wife's got a couple of cross body purses. So yeah, they're, I have heard that. Well, they're really just fanny packs. Well, apparently not. Now it's a belt bag. So that, that's <laughs> actually because the, uh, the other thing is a... Uh, in um in the uk it's actually it means something else so apologies to our british listeners out there uh but you know what oh. we mean when we say america it's the american way of saying those things oh so what fanny pack it's, means something else yeah it's kind of in... nasty to them oh interesting yeah. I didn't so that's know probably that. why they changed the name oh so we probably just lost all of our british no. uh, <laughs> listeners no. because we're using an offensive term <laughs> Nah, they i think they pretty much know uh, that's what we say in america I, I, my most sincere apologies if you're listening from the United Kingdom. I did not know that was a an off-color term in uh, across the pond. That's interesting. I did not know that. That's funny. 
I'm going to go look it up. I want to know what it means. <laughs> but we'll, that's not for this show. We'll do that at the most time. All right. Good stuff. I love that retro stuff. So that's it for what's happening around Walt Disney World. I tell you, that retro stuff is super cool. I love it. I couldn't resist talking about some old school Epcot colors on some new merchandise. That's good stuff. I dig it. Yeah, and to tie it into uh, what Ron was talking about, um, I was thinking about the, the ride that I would take from the Magic Kingdom to Epcot to go get those kind of things. And and then it reminded me that the reason for the, for the monorail is to prevent a lot of walking, a lot of driving, and a lot of getting around the park. It kind of eases the way toward the end of the night. And I was reminded yet again that, Dewey, you've been doing something to try to um, boost that energy that you might lose at the end of a day. I have. How's that going? So I've been taking uh, this little magic elixir that is a little green elixir. I've been taking it for about a month now. And I just got to tell you that it's actually uh, been a, a, a deal, uh, like a deal breaker. It's just been amazing. Uh, the the benefits of this stuff for me, uh, and I, uh, you know, just from my experience, has been uh, just nothing short of fantastic. Uh, it uh, I'm not a coffee drinker, so I've struggled in the mornings to find a way to to give me that little bur- little boost or a little burst, and. Uh, you know, most energy drinks have some stuff in it that uh, my wife tells me is bad for me. So I try not to drink that stuff. But I tell you, this magic mind it has been great. If you're feeling overwhelmed or if you need a little boost of energy in the morning or something like that, uh, magic mind has a natural blend of nootropics and adaptogens that can certainly help you focus and get that boost of energy when you need it. Uh, just one two-ounce shot, it actually helps produce uh, less stress. It put it pushes off stress and anxiety in you. And best part about when you have less stress is you're more productive. So if you could, if you're interested in trying something that's better for you than an energy drink, and if you're like me and you're not a coffee drinker. Uh, I'm I'm all over Magic Mind. This amazing two ounce shot, great great stuff. I'm thinking about trying that, Dewey. It's it's um, I've been looking for something and hearing what your experience. I think I'm gonna try it. Look, it's it's all natural stuff. That's if you can go to their website and look at the ingredients. Half of it is stuff that's hard to pronounce but easy to taste easy to drink it's uh it's it tastes good and it's good for you and if you go over to www.magicmind.com/wdw20 then you can get 20% off with our discount code our discount code is wdw20 so go over to www.magicmind.com slash WDW20 and use our code WDW20 and you'll get 20% off your month, your first month. So that is good for uh, the month of March. Awesome. 
You know, I do have to say that I, I do notice uh, how much energy you have this morning, considering you told me yesterday you were doing some kind of training or something. And I, I know it was hard enough for me to get up this morning. We record this show very, very early on a, on a Sunday <laughs> morning. And it was hard enough for me to think about it because we, you know, on the weekends, we tend to stay up a little bit later. And when I turned on, I was amazed at how you're up and ready to go as if nothing happened. It's uh, it, it, listen, it's really good stuff because you don't get the jitters like you do from, uh, I know if you have a lot of caffeine, it doesn't have too much caffeine in it. You get all those added benefits of all the other nootropics in, in the magic mind. So I could certainly tell you that I've felt a difference. And then if you were looking for something, if you're not a coffee drinker, or even if you are, and you're looking just to maybe not drink that fourth cup of coffee or something, definitely give magic mind a try. That's super. All right. So let's switch gears and head on over to the last segment of the show. This is something we call What's Your Favorite? Each episode, one of our hosts brings with them a question to ask the other two guys. Those two hosts don't know the question ahead of recording and must answer the question on the spot. So this week, I'm going to take the reins of the, the What's Your Favorite wagon. And uh, I want to relate it back to Ron's topic for today's episode. And since we've already done an episode on the Walt Disney World ferry boat, I ask you today, fellas, what's your favorite way to get to the Magic Kingdom? Are you going by foot? Because you could do that if, uh, from a few places if you are staying around one of the resorts. It's a long walk. Uh, or... Do you want to take the mo the Walt Disney World monorail, or do you want to take the Walt Disney World ferry boat? What do you guys got? What's your favorite? To which park? Magic Kingdom. Okay. Magic Kingdom. So, Tony, you want to start? Sure. For me, it all depends on where I'm staying. Um, if I am staying somewhere near on site, I would. I'd love to. Um, to try to take advantage of whatever amenities there are there. And I actually had the the um, good fortune to be able to have stayed at the Contemporary way back when. And my favorite way, even though it runs, the monorail runs through it, my favorite way that I'll always remember of getting into the Magic Kingdom was on foot. I don't know if that path is still there, but they used to have a five-minute path that I loved to walk on. I'd wake up very early, sometimes way before my family, and just head into the park, be there at road shop, do as many rides as possible, walk back, meet up with my family, and then we'd all head back into the into the park by monorail. So my favorite way to get to the Magic Kingdom, if I'm staying on site, and if I could ever stay again at the at the contemporary, would be to walk. However, other than that, I would say drive. And to get specifically to the park itself, you have two choices of taking either the ferry boat or the monorail. I tend to take the ferry boat because, as I mentioned, I think earlier in the show, I, I started to get a little claustrophobic at one point, but I still love looking at the monorail even um, from that site. But I do take the ferry boat into into MK. So, Tony, that that uh, walking path does still exist. Awesome. And uh, up until recently, it's probably been a couple of years now, but you couldn't walk from the Grand Floridian to the Magic Kingdom, but... Just a couple of years ago, they actually extended, finally extended that that uh, walking trail as well. It's a little bit a little bit further than it is uh, from the from the contemporary, but uh, you can do both now. You can walk from the Grand Floridian as well. 
You know, it's weird is that even though all those hotels are on site, for those who have never done them, they're actually so spread out that it does take a while to get. I mean, you'd have to take even from the Poly to the Grand Floridian to (laughs) the... uh, to all the other resorts, it, it's a whole resort loop that you've got to ride on there. And we used to stay at Shades of Green, which is just literally outside of the Poly, and we still had to go all the way around that loop in order to get into the um, into the Magic Kingdom. Yes, I've I've done that too. Shades of Green. I we would we would walk from the Shades of Green to the Poly, and then we would get on the monorail. Yes, that's we what that. we do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. All right, Ron, what about you? What is your favorite way to get to the Magic Kingdom? Are you hoofing it or are you taking the ferry boat or are you taking the Walt Disney World monorail? So it's an interesting um, question because I'm with Tony. I I love the monorail and 99% of the time that's what I'm going to choose. But if I ever have the opportunity to... Um, we had lunch or breakfast at Chef Mickey's one time at um, Contemporary and had that opportunity to walk that to the Magic Kingdom, which was unique. So I really enjoyed that. But 99% of the time, I'm going to choose the monorail. Now, I will say the other unique way to get to Walt Disney's magic kingdom is by the bus you can actually if you're staying um if you go to disney springs and catch the bus to magic kingdom it takes you to the entrance of magic kingdom not to the ticket service yes that's true i and uh i guess that's a good point i could have listed that but uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. You're pro- you're not telling me that that's your favorite way to get there, right? Not at all. No, <laughs> I didn't. No, my favorite play <laughs> way is definitely the monorail. Um, but if I want to get there quick and don't want to be, um, because sometimes if I if I'm being really honest, the monorail can get in the way of getting to the Magic Kingdom quickly because it's yes. crowded usually. Yeah, and so going, we have done that where we've gone and caught the bus to get to the Magic Kingdom a little bit quicker. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to go with the ferry boat. That's my favorite way. I love the monorail. I think I enjoy the monorail to Epcot better than the resort loop or the one that'll take you to the Magic Kingdom. Where they have two, they have the express monorail and the resort loop. But I enjoy more I the ferry boat. It I think it's if it when it comes down, if you're actually timing the trips, I think they're actually pretty close to the same length of yeah. time. So you're not losing or gaining any time. But I don't know it why. Like it does. I was going to say that. It it feels like the ferry boat it takes longer. But to me, that's a good thing. It feels leisurely. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. Uh, I like when it's a, a you know, a warm, sunny day and the, the breeze coming off the water. And then the it says the guy me. that gets to go to Disney whenever he wants. Uh, not whenever I want, because uh, I still have to go to job. I'm just having fun. Work. I know. 
Uh, I want to be there right now, but instead I'm here stuck here looking at your mug on my t my computer screen. <laughs> so not whenever I want, but um, oh, you see that my Apple Watch said uh, insult Ron Moore. That's fine. That's what my Apple Watch just said. Um, so, uh, but I I enjoy that. It I, like I said, it's weird it, the way that time passes, but it seems like it's longer, but it's really not. It just feels different i don't know but i like that you get great views of both the grand floridian and the contemporary that really you can't get anywhere else you know from right there in the middle of the of the lagoon that's a fun word y'all just say lagoon sometimes just for fun <laughs> lagoon it's a fun word but it's uh I, I like the ferry boat that's my favorite if um if uh, if i'm going into the magic kingdom i'm going with the ferry boat most of the time that's my favorite but that's good stuff. So that's been what's your favorite on today's episode. But that just about does it for this episode of the WDW Reflections Podcast. Please find and follow us on all our social media accounts. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at WDW Reflections Podcast. And on Twitter or X at WDW Reflections. This podcast can currently be found and played on many podcast platforms. And we love it if you'd give us and the show a follow wherever you listen. And if you love the show, please leave us some feedback on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Those positive feedbacks help the show reach a larger audience and helps us grow. Make sure you check out the website at www.reflectionspodcast.com. I've uh, included some embarrassing photographs of uh, us and the fellas on there eating and stuff. And uh, we've also just dropped in a whole bunch of uh, personal photos and stuff like that and the website should keep growing so go check us out and if you don't and please don't forget you can always message us from any of those social media accounts or you can email us at wdwreflectionspodcast at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you and please keep coming back because we truly appreciate you listening thanks for reflecting on walt disney world memories with us on the wdw reflections podcast See you real soon. Please stand clear of the door. Por favor, manténgase alejado de las puertas.